Welcome to the After Dark Podcast, the podcast in which Anthony leads his unknowing friend Conrad by the hand through TV shows. Will Conrad like them? Will Conrad hate them? Will Conrad predict what's going to happen, or will he be lost in the dark? Find out now, only on the After Dark Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. I'm Anthony, and that's Conrad. Hello. How are you, Conrad? Uh, I'm good. I am less full of allergies than I was this time last week. Um, I don't know about you, but we've had snow in in uh, in the UK or in, in England, I should say. Um, sort well, sort of. It snowed, but hasn't settled at all. But I count it. Gosh darn it! Um, yeah, well, ours did settle. Uh, like so, the other day when I got off, I got up very early to get to work and have the kids in the back. And when we're going to work, it was snowing. The snow was lying the whole way up. My first son was like, "Was like snowman in the garden. We're gonna make a snowman." And by the time we got home, it was all gone. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, you take what you can get, but it is typical that like the one time where it snowed, where I wouldn't mind it kind of settling because I'm not commuting at the moment. It just it is is very ephemeral. So unfortunately. It was it was gone. It was a fleeting I mean, a fleeting it, it, moment. It, it's a very late snow. I think it might be <laughs> yeah, it is. April is a late. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah. That's I don't know. Global warming. We'll, we'll... Yeah, there may or may not be something happening with the climate. I've heard. I think no, no. It's a it's a hoax. Yeah, absolute hoax. Um, like and snow snow in April, totally normal. The climate's fine. Don't worry about it. We'll just we'll just plug our fingers in our ears and hope for the best. It's like that famous song, "April Snow Showers." Yeah, you know? absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. So, uh, anything weird going on this week with you, Conrad? Um, mm, no, not really. I was trying to think of something to make me seem cool and interesting, but the reality is, it's uh, you know, we had a we had an extended holiday over over the the previous weekend because of uh, Jesus. So thanks to thanks to Jesus for that. Yeah, um, your sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now I'm just back at work, and you know, d- the drudgery of everyday life, really. Fair enough. Well, I am actually off for a whole week because I'm a teacher, so oh. we have a little bit of a holiday. You got your um, half term. It's, it's really strange because I've been like home, like you know, remote learning, teach remote teaching, I should say. Um, although every day is a school day, even if you're a teacher. Um, so I've been remote teaching for like since January, but I still felt like I needed a break. You know, still still hard work, but um, I haven't physically been in school very much. So for some, for some reason, you saying I have heard the expression before. Um, every day is a, a, a school day took me back to uh the undertaker uh during a period in his career where he would always threaten to take people to the learning tree uh <laughs> like to, presumably to beat them under the learning tree to teach them a lesson but that's that's now what i'm imagining um uh, your intention was with that with that uh with that turn of phrase yeah maybe i'll start saying that to my pupils come here let me take you to the, to the, take learning, to the learning tree yeah yeah, exactly. I think he normally followed it with, and then I will beat your ass, which I don't think you <laughs> no, get I'll away with that. in the yeah. secondary school. No, 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 I'll not say that. But, uh, but yeah, so you know, I've got a sort of a little, little bit of time off at the minute. Uh, I'm enjoying it, uh, and I'm going to go back to full time work. All the pupils come back next week, so that'll be very stressful and all sorts of, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't usually say this, but I'm going to say it today. Can you please uh, tune in tonight at between 10:30 and 11 p.m. GMT? Because we're going to have the GMTs. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, GMT. Yeah. BSC GMT. Yeah, we might be in time. I can't remember when the the clocks um, go forward. Spring forward, fall backwards. So the clocks are going to go forward to BST sometime soon. 
And they are. They've they've already gone forward. See, the the phones these days change for you. I know. You don't have to think about it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're gonna be on, we're both gonna be on dark discussions later on tonight. Now, when we record this, it's the previous Wednesday, so I'm not 100 percent sure on the topic. Uh, we might just choose a character like we did. Dark, with something dark related, probably. So, something yeah. dark related. So if you want to get into some dark chat with Connor and I, we're gonna be live uh, tonight on dark discussions on the channel. Live, yeah. Live. So subscribe to the channel. Give us a like. Send an email to adpodmail.gmail.com if you want to. Uh, Discord link in the description if you want to join the conversation about all the different things we talk about on the channel. If you would like to subscribe on audio apps, that'd be greatly appreciated. Five-star review. Thank you. That rhymed, but anyway. Uh, so I think that's pretty much it. T-shirt link in the description as well if you want to support the channel in that way. Um, yeah, Conrad, speaking of blasphemy, that Jesus talk we were doing before, do you want to get into the OA? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, let's break it down! Magic mirror on the wall. Give me an episode of the OA. Go. Is this the best OA episode of them all? Um, yeah. No, well, it wasn't. Uh, it, it wasn't. I'll say that much to begin. Like it, it's a, it's a, it slows down a lot. But at, at some point, this season was going to have to slow down because uh, the first two episodes are yeah, yeah. traveling at a breakneck pace, and this is more, more, um, more of what we had in the first season. But I will say, probably the spookiest episode of the OA yeah. thus far. Very, very good atmosphere. Atmosphere they didn't, they haven't really tapped into um consistently thus far um and it caught me off guard actually as well and um uh, particularly given the opening uh, title card of of this episode featured the the headshots of BBA yep. and the boys in what looked to be a kind of bohemian rhapsody style music video which i which i very much enjoyed yeah it did and then speaking of slowing things down the first shot we have is prairie dead in a coffin so- yeah <laughs> she didn't make it after she all, I've been, yeah, I've been yeah. saying the whole time, I don't know how Nina's getting through this one, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> she got shot in the heart, and that's a pretty tough thing to come back from. And as it turns out, sorry, Nina, you didn't make it. Yeah, yeah, love a bad name and all that. So basically, um, she is in the coffin. It just shows us very quickly, and then it cuts away to Steve and Jesse looking very dead-faced, if I'm honest with you, no pun intended, but like just really not much emotion going on, and just gunning it down, yeah. down the road in, a, in this lovely car. Driving a sports car, which, to be honest, I assumed Steve had stolen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we didn't we didn't see it in the first season, and this is literally only a couple of days after. Yeah, I, I mean, th- there's no way he owns this car. It's got to be his girlfriend's family car or something, right? Because she's she's obviously you know wealthy, as we'll as we'll yeah, discover yeah, yeah. later. But yeah, the the first thing I as soon as I saw this and then saw Steve, I was like. Is this an alt Steve where he's like a San Francisco tech billionaire or something? <laughs> or, or has he just stolen this car? Yeah. I will say about the, the... So obviously we're only a couple of days after the end of the first season, except we are like three years in the future in real life. So mm. it, I don't know about you, but in my opinion, the only character who actually looks different to me uh, is Jesse. The only like the, yeah. the actor who plays Jesse is the only one who looks like he's aged three years. The rest of them look pretty good. They look basically the same. Yeah, I think I agree. I think Jesse definitely looks older. The rest of them are as they were when we left them. I would say. Yeah, yeah. It might have been. It might also just because the actor of Jesse, who maybe was a little younger at the time, who knows? But anyway, that's the way it is. So the cop stops them, uh, asks if they had anything to drink. Steve says nothing. They're coming from a funeral. Yeah. Um, and the the cop the cop sort of uh, recognizes them and says, "Sorry about your friend. It was brave what you did." Yeah, it's I, it's interesting. There's there's um. References back to the wider kind of discourse around them throughout this episode, but it seems generally positive to me. 
yeah, yeah, it does, it does to me as well. Obviously, there's there's uh, some negativity from from Buck's mother potentially yeah. um, around the whole idea and wanting to skip town, and that's sort of where we go next. So uh, Buck wasn't allowed to go to the funeral, um, no. and they're moving to get a clean start. So this that's actually really funny because it's I did rewatch this before we started doing the uh, the whole way through. But I will say it's funny that I kind of forgot the detail that they're moving. And I think in the last episode, I kind of went, yeah, but it could all just, just be that they're moving because the mom's a bit freaked about what happened. I, I kind of <laughs> I, I just said what, what actually was the case, you know? I mean, that that's a very realistic uh, or very yeah. reasonable assumption. Um, so, okay, I, I had a... Um, we briefly discussed this last week, but I, I have a, que- a query, a question for you, if you will. Okay. So, his mum says... The movers are coming tomorrow. Does yeah. so is your inter? I, I don't think this is that important, but I'm just curious about it. Does that mean, to your mind, that the NDE that we saw of Alt Rachel or kind of whatever happened at the end of the last episode, which I'm assuming is is Alt Rachel's NDE, hasn't happened yet in this world? Because when she got here, she went past loads of boxes. Everything was kind of packed up, and it seems like at this point, Buck hasn't even started packing. Which makes me wonder if that was a glimpse into the future. Um, I'm not sure. I, I personally, how I, I how I view it now, I, I could I could be wrong to be honest with you, but the way I personally view it is, it's kind of moving lin- linearly. Yeah. So, okay. Like, um, it's just the Homer thing that's thrown me off because obviously when he had his NDE, he mm-hmm. went forward went, in time went the a future. little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's fine. Like, so possibly, yeah, Rachel, uh actually didn't come until like the night of the day we start in in this episode could yeah. be I, I, I could believe that i don't actually know for sure uh to be honest with you uh, i will say and you say it's old rachel's uh nde or it's not it's it seems more it seems more of a de to me um just death experience <laughs> yeah. um, like so the way i read that is that like you know she was she she went to this other place in a way it, it's kind of different to me than an nde because an NDE, it's almost like they inhabit someone, or they, or they actually maybe appear there. Like you remember how Homer was in, in the yeah, in the thing? yeah, they like manifest. So, whereas with this, it's just like her energy is being yeah. released into the so multiverse. The, so the fact that she was in, the fact that she was in the mirror, and then later on they go and like they go to the psychic. What I was thinking at this time, and I'm not going to tell you what I believe now because we don't know what's answered and what's not. Obviously, the show's cancelled. But um, what I believed at the time when I watched this, I believed, oh, okay. So when you die, there's a potential for you to haunt your NDE world. Yeah, that's that is a really cool thought actually, um, and I think that is kind of what they're tapping into with the atmosphere and the spookiness of this. Like the idea, or I mean, obviously they go to a, a bloody medium. Oh, a cat! A cat's in the shot. A cat is in the shot, folks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they'll probably they'll probably complain that they that they can't see him again because we we'll get cut out. There he is. Yeah, there what he do you is. Think about that? Yeah, he's down. here. He's um, here. <laughs> he's he does exist. He does, he does exist. exist. It's not me just making it up. Um, the um, where was I? They go to a medium. Yes, that's right. So there's definitely oh, yeah. like spookiness and kind of afterlife business that's that's um, pretty directly addressed in this. Um, I will also say actually as well, just because I thought of a great joke, and we can't move off of this before um, before I, I get a chance to say it. You say Rachel's having a death experience rather than an NDE. I did theorise that whatever she saw is like some kind of crazy aquatic creature, like maybe like an octopus or something. Haps there as well. So you've got you've got five sets of limbs. 
to do the movements in like to, to, to bring her back. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so... the octopus and the the octopus and Aquaman can play the drums. This octopus can learn four sets of the of the five movements. All right. So your idea was that is this, this huge sea creature, squiddy octopus thing yeah. is going so like each there's like four pairs of legs so yeah. or ten tentacles they'll do the movements yeah they'll each do their movements and Hap will join in and do the fifth actually it's only three you need as well isn't it for the for the bringing bringing back to life thing it was just oh it was, it was two a, it was, it was two, prairie yeah. and homer wasn't it yeah so it the octopus they only, he only needs one he only needs two sets of his legs the others can just yeah. relax. Yeah, I, I would. I would love to see an octopus do the movements. Uh, oh, can you would, imagine? That would look mad. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, well, maybe we don't have to imagine. Maybe it'll happen yeah. next. next it's open. It's open. It's open. So, um, okay. So they. Uh, Bucky's gonna move, but gets a text from Steve. Says, "I have a plan. Come All to this caps. address." Yep. 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 Uh, West Payne Court. They're gonna go to, and they've got a surprise. So the surprise is that he's uh, taught his girlfriend Angie, who for some reason in season one we thought her name was Katie. Uh, Angie um, now knows the movements, and yep. he and Steve's been chatting away to to them all, saying, "Come on, we need to go to a different uh, universe because this one isn't treating any of us very well." Yeah, he, like he. So I went back and forth on this kind of theme of their escape throughout the episode because, and I was basically thinking like. If I were if I were writing this, what would I do with these characters? Because there's a mixture of levels of attachment to this world. You know, like you've got characters like Steve, who has pretty much no attachment. Uh, obviously, if 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 Angie is coming with him, uh, mm. Jesse has his sister, so that's a little bit. And you're kind of scaling up. Like Buck, although although his parents don't accept him he still has a relationship with them. Yeah. And then French obviously has probably the most, because even though his relationship with his mother and uh, um, isn't a happy one, he has like a, like his brothers who are dependent on him. Um, and BBA as well, who seems... She's fairly low down the list, I think. Like, she doesn't really have any dependents. Yeah. So it's an interesting idea. And I don't know what... I, d- I don't know how I'm going to feel either way that it goes really like if if any of them end up getting stuck here that's going to be quite a sad ending for them to be honest but likewise you know if french at some point it's just like my brothers have to fend for themselves see ya and like kind of disappear, <laughs> disappears off to another dimension that's going to be really sad too so i'm i'm really interested to see how will they explore this yeah cuz and that would sort of go against the french we know wouldn't it so it's, it's... yes yeah. It'd be it very selfish. Like yeah. I, I don't want to say selfish because I don't. He like he has done a lot for his family by the looks of things. So I don't want to. I don't, but, but that would be a let's say self interested thing to do. And he is he is like a very very not self interested individual. I think most of the time. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you're right to be honest with you. Um. So th- there's a there's a bit of talk here. One thing is that uh, the books are mentioned again, and and mm. this is whenever we were talking about the books. At the end of the first season, and you were saying it was a very rushed storyline. I still agree with you, but in that in that back of my mind, I knew that actually it was gonna it was gonna fuel French's storyline. Yeah, for this I, series. I, I think I think this episode pays that off. At the time, I was like, oh, this is kind of just a throwaway thing that they've just mm-hmm. like launched in into this. But I think in retrospect, um, that this this um, enriches uh, that that episode or the experiences of French in that episode a lot. It's yeah, because it's really interesting. Because we we were almost if you'd only watched the first season like like you had at that point, you were almost in, trying to think of it like they that the writers were trying to put doubt into the viewer's mind 
But now yeah. that you know, now you know, it's actually because we all know what's going on. It's actually to put doubt into the into the character's mind, which is which is well, cool. So I th- I think I thought they were doing that as well, but I think in my head it felt like the doubt had been resolved with uh, all of them getting up during the school shooting and doing the mm-hmm. movements. So that's what felt rushed to me. But the fact yeah, that, yeah. The, that the doubt has carried over into season two uh, makes a lot more sense, I think. Okay, awesome. Uh, all right, so um, French and Steve are at each other's throats again. Um, yeah. And Steve says, go to college or another dimension. Either way, your brothers are fucked. Yep, still... Uh, Steve still very much has it in him to say the worst thing at the worst possible time. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. So they all sort of leave, and Steve and Angie are left there alone. And Steve yes. says that potentially, he's kind of trying to come up with a, with a solution. He said potentially they could make a video like the OA did. Yeah, this plan is desi- is dreadful. He's just like, let's just put the word out there and let anyone who wants to get involved come. And Angie the voice of reason is like, no, we're just going to get a bunch of freaks. <laughs> like, if we're like, come <laughs> travel cults, through dimensions with cult us. start, yeah. Uh, Steve. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, so, I'm glad I'm glad she's there with him to rein in his, his dumber impulses. Although, actually, randomly just saying that, this is how cults start, it's actually quite interesting that if he was to go and, like, create a cult or whatever, or religion around this, it's it's interesting because like Prairie is like the, the the prophet who appeared to them for a bit and then he yeah. went off to tell her story. It's actually maybe something to that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, they get called pilgrims later in this episode. Mm-hmm. Is you know, not I'm not calling Christianity a cult. I'm just gonna get out ahead of that. <laughs> like John, that, you know, and John Wayne didn't appear. We'll just say pilgrim. Uh, That's so true, yeah. So I imagine it's... if one of them envisaged John Wayne, so that would be a different kind of cult. I think that would be <laughs> more more about just kind of like rustling, rustling cattle than <laughs> Rus- <laughs> rustling. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, right. Okay, so um, they're not going to do that. They would need to screen everyone. They're, there's just no chance. There's no point. Um, yeah. BBA has having a dream, mm. um, and her brother Theo says he needs her help. Yes. Um, so. And after she wakes up, she's she's like, it's almost implied that she's hearing whispering. Yeah, so so I feel like she can hear Rachel whispering to her. I I feel maybe that's completely wrong, but I I feel like that Rachel is is kind of almost an omnipresent force in this um in this episode. You know, she's speaking through televisions, she's speaking through mirrors. Like she's not just just confined to to the uh, to the mirror or indeed the casserole dish uh, which we'll get to we'll get to later um, <laughs> so theo i feel like theo has got to be a character who's showing up in san francisco purely for the reason that the fact that he's shrouded in darkness feels like they're doing that so that they can reveal him later on um okay. or p- perhaps a character that we've already met um a- an alter ego for a character we've already met but um yeah it- it's really interesting that bba is um, the one who's being approached for this. It seems to be the only one who's being approached like this. And also, obviously, in the context of what happens, or what we think happens with her at the end of this episode as well. Yep, awesome. Um, so this is actually the moment now where BBA's like sort of hearing the whispering, then it cuts to Buck, and this is where Buck sees Rachel in the mirror. So actually yeah. physically sees her there, and full she's on, singing. Full on jump scare, which I was like, all right, all right, I get it. Like We're, we're doing this now, are we? Uh, are we, uh, are we all right? Very, very good. But uh, yeah, so Buck, far braver in this scene than I would be. I'd be, if I, as soon as I heard my mirror singing to me, I'd be like, well, this house is haunted, so I'm leaving. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so Buck goes straight to Steve, walks in on the into the bedroom. Yeah. Great line uh, here. Great line <laughs> coming up. Right, here. let me know, tell you. So sorry to bother you. There's a woman in my mirror. It's <laughs> 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 which I like. That's great. Very matter of fact, Buck. I really respect that. Just that no emotion Get- involved. Like, listen, yeah. this is this is the situation. <laughs> Get Steve out of bed, let's say that. So obviously it, yep. it worked. Um, and uh, Steve starts asking, like, did she seem scared? Kind of, kind of, uh, then Buck says she was kind of confused, upset. And Steve just takes off. Like, she just yeah. takes off, running. He's running down the road. Buck can't keep up. Uh, it was actually, like, I actually quite felt quite endeared to Buck there. I don't know, yeah, it's great. It was yeah. like, I'm just not fast enough to keep up with you. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it reminds me when you've got, like, two brothers and, like, one of the big brother just absolutely leaves the little brother in the <laughs> dust or something. It's just like, I've got to put my parkour muscles to good use. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, he's off. And, and we find out uh, that uh, the reason... Oh, I, I don't know with this, actually, but I think this is really interesting as maybe a way that a, a, a means of guiding Rachel's I'm going to say like spirit for for want mm. of a better term I, I don't know if it's ever going to be explicitly named but Rachel's spirit like found her way to Buck's home is that he's been leaving the door open still which immediately kind of explains the uh prairie telling the the, the boys in BBA to leave their doors open yeah. um in the in the first season which i didn't really understand at the time and it, and it, it felt like we'd kind of moved past that it was just a weird thing that they were gonna not not gonna not gonna talk about again and yet here we are we're here and it does seem that that's what lets the spirits in um yeah. i don't know how Owe knew that at that time but seemed to have an inkling of it maybe well, she's too- the original angel she knows these things yeah, yeah, let us come to her, like, you know, premonitions. Yeah. Uh, oh, of course, she actually has premonitions, so there we go. Um, all right, <laughs> yeah. so she literally has premonitions. Yeah, yeah. So uh, French, uh, then it cuts to him, he's in school, he's setting up some sort of profile picture, which obviously comes uh, into uh, focus later on in the episode. But then Steve texts him and says, Oh, that's what that is. I didn't put two and two together there. I wrote down here, oh, doing a profile picture of some kind of college or dating profile or something. I never thought about it again. Of course that's... Right, okay, we'll come back to that later. (laughs) Yeah, okay. It it worked. It was a great picture. Yeah, it was... Oh, my God, it was lovely. Uh, But So Steve says, come on now. Come over now. I need to show you something. Um, Then we get Steve... uh, Then uh, we get uh, French talking to Abel. Uh, Hmm. And and Abel sort of lets Steve know that it was the therapist's idea to get the books, uh, and she didn't actually get the books until after she started talking to the group. Yes, um, and something I'm going to mention here, I could be completely wrong, I don't think this is going to be confirmed either way, but there's a very deliberate shot, a wide shot, of uh, French sitting at a desk in the library and Abel approaching him, and it's shot from in front of a blurred out figure. Uh, who appears to have like a kind of a brown skin, like dark hair, quite skinny. And as soon as I saw that shot, I was like, "That's fucking Ilias." And no, that's that. Like, I'm almost certain that that's Ilias. Because why is that blurry figure in that shot? And 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 it might actually, it might not literally be. It might just be designed to kind of suggest that Ilias is around and following uh, French, maybe French and the other boys in BBA as well. But. Mm. Based on the context of this scene and and the fact that it's such an obvious inclusion in the shot, uh, the establishing shot of French and Abel, I was like, God fucking Ilias, man, he's about and he's up to no good. And and, and you know, as you say, the reveal that that their books that he suggested, um, he suggested Prairie get is a bit uh-huh. like that guy's up to something, <laughs> hanging yeah, like around that, the house. Because as far as I remembered, actually, 
Prairie didn't really open up to Ilias fully to the point no, where he knew all the details. Exactly. Of the story. Like, yeah, I don't think he knew all of that, which me- which is, I feel like he has seen or knows about things that she hasn't told him. Okay. How he knows that, I don't know, but he's a he's a fucker. I'm saying that <laughs> right now. <laughs> I also I also liked French being like really serious and saying Abel, I broke into your house. <laughs> yeah, Abel just walks off the duck's back. He's like, you know what? Let bygones be bygones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to the, yeah. To this Olive Garden waiter that I've met once before. <laughs> in it's, my all, it's, life. All right. it's all right, French. I got a huge uh, insurance payout from that break in. Don't you <laughs> yeah. worry. <laughs> yeah, we pretended they stole all of Nancy's jewelry, made out like bandits. So like, yeah. it was it was great. We'll, to, we'll dig it up from the garden in a couple of years. No, yeah. all, no. <laughs> all right. So. Uh, uh, I, I've been watching like the new remake of, uh, well, not the remake, but the sort of the new TV series based on the Mighty Ducks, right? Is there a new Mighty Ducks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like it's, uh. it's actually it's it's a children's <clears throat> show, obviously, but it, it's like set up like the original film. The bad guys were like the Hawks, right? But in this sure. in this show, like the ducks have been around for so long now that they're like the Hawks. Like, oh the, no, they've become yeah, yeah. they've become what they always hated. They have, they have. But anyway, but the reason why it's in my mind is because in the second Mighty Ducks film, whenever at the very beginning they've got this like quacker thing, right? And they go around and round up all the ducks, right? They go around and round them all up. And this reminded me of that. Uh, like a couple of times in this episode, they're like ra- they're rounding up the ducks, you know? Like so, she, Buck's, Buck's getting them all to come and have a look at the mirror. Yeah. But then what's really cool is. Now I'm skipping a couple of things here, but just to add add to the rounding up of the ducks, it was a real moment of like getting the get the team back together. Whenever they realised that the notes were BBA, and like and then yeah. it, it cuts to her in the pool, it was a real ducks getting the ducks back together moment. Yeah, I, I literally when that when that happens, um, I believe is it that bit? I think it might be afterwards. Oh no, yeah, it was. Uh, so I um. It's when they, when they, for me, it was when they go to the motel, um, and you know they, they they find BBA, and I literally wrote in all caps, "Road trip with the boys and BBA." Here we go, because <laughs> uh, I think I, I think I had said in season one at some point that I think that's probably going to happen because yeah. I felt like Prairie had to be put in some kind of danger to motivate these other cast of characters to have something to do, um, and that's not exactly what we've got, but we've got something close to it. I think. I mean, you were pretty. You you were pretty close to be honest with you. I, I was I was impressed by that when you said it, uh, and that is what's happening. So yeah. Um. All right. So uh, a few things we skipped there was one. Jesse's listening to meditation tapes. Uh, Jesse listening to meditation tapes uh, that are then interrupted by Steve being like, "Come on, fucker!" Is that? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just like <laughs> classic. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, no wonder he's having to listen to meditation tapes. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, unfortunately, Buck's mom got rid of the mirror. Yeah, who could, have, who could have seen this coming? Uh, so I love how French then turned on the charm. It's like, listen, Mrs. Vu. Um, yeah, I'll take him. I'll take him. I'll drive him. You can trust French, me. French knows how to knows how to keep a mum in check. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they go. They go to the. Uh, they go to the. The I don't know what the na- the name of the thing is, but it's a good. Oh, uh, the goodwill. Yeah, yeah, the good of the goodwill. And uh, they said, no, it's probably not there. Uh, we we didn't take it on. It's probably in the sorting center or whatever in Gary, Indiana. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Gary is in in, in Indiana. Yes, um, I I know. I don't. I couldn't tell you why, but I know of the place Gary, Indiana. I feel like maybe that's like cultural shorthand for middle of nowhere or something. But I've I definitely heard it, of it. I think Michael Jackson's from there. Oh, okay. 
Well, there I you go. Michael that Jackson's explains it. There. I also have heard of Gary in the Indiana. There's a couple of documentaries I've seen with like <laughs> cops talking about Gary in Indiana, and there's like people telling stories where it's like I was driving through at 10 p.m. Uh, and and the cops like you come up to the front to the into the city, and the and the cops are like, "Don't stop for the red lights. Keep driving." Well, like, I mean, this guy got down. Well, I suppose they're not in Gary at this point, to be honest. But he says, yeah. "Don't, don't hang around here. It gets creepy at night," which is a weird <laughs> yeah. thing to say. It's not like, oh, you know, it gets a bit shady around here. It gets creepy at night. Like, what are, is it? Are the weird? What was? Is people it some in the of mirrors, it? That's why there's people in the mirror. Isn't that good? Yeah, one? yeah, absolutely. But we'll talk about Michael Jackson, the man in the mirror, or indeed the woman <laughs> in the mirror. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, oh, there was something else I was going to mention. It okay. Just rewind for one second. I had another question for you here. So, a buck when when a buck and French are kind of arguing, and French is like saying, "Oh, you know, you 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 just imagined seeing Rachel. You know, it's creepy." And Buck says to French that he like saw these books, and and Homer appearing to him was just a trick of the brain. Yeah. Do you do you think that was a trick of the brain? I feel like it wasn't personally. I, I feel like they wouldn't they wouldn't have shown it to us. Unless... How do you how do you feel about? Yeah, I've got a theory about something like that. I've, I've read a couple of people's theories and I've sort of thought about the theory myself, based on stuff that ha- like we don't know, right? Mm. So I do have a theory. I do have an idea about that that I like the theory of, but I can't really reveal to you what it is yet without without telling you that certain things aren't answered and i don't really like that thing okay yet. well what maybe we'll cycle back to that in our theory matrix episode or whenever we do the theory matrix stuff well yeah because... like in the theory matrix episode I, I do intend to go through like four or five fan theories that they think might happen next and stuff you know so yeah that's cool because i i i think where i sit with it at the moment i haven't fully fleshed it out but i think it'd be weird in this show that is literally showing us ghostly apparitions in mirrors for them to say oh but apart from that one that one was just a fake yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. like it just seems like it would be an odd shift for the show at that point yeah i also i also think it's like it's funny that buck is so so clear like he's just like no no, no french yours was nonsense like yeah your, is, yours I, I, was you theory. going mental like all right yours yeah. is just crazy you're, you're the one who's weak-willed and scared right mine <laughs> mine was legit thank you very much <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta admire the confidence. Like to be honest with you. Yeah. Um. Okay. So the docks are back together. They're on the road. Yep. Um, and Buck has perfect pitch as well. I should say that was cool. Uh, just a, just a little, you know, BBA. She, she like he just spots it immediately. And, uh, I, I, and I, I love that. I love that. I, I always think to myself like sometimes I'm like, geez, I bet yeah I could tell what the note is. And then I, then I get like, <laughs> yeah, play, yeah. play me one or something. I'm like, I have no like six idea. semitones off. Like you almost got a full octave out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I have no idea. Uh, all right, so um, so they go uh, to they they finally find the mirror when they get to, when they get to mm. the uh, the place. Um, now they are told that uh, they can't stay in the shop overnight by the woman yes. who works there. Which is, um, I mean, to be honest, like, what kind of a question was that, Buck? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Yeah, can we wait till after dark? I suppose. So, no, we have to close because we're a yeah. store, not a yeah. hotel. So this character of Sonia. Um, invites them to stay with her and her father you mm. find out that it's actually a church uh, on the way to the church we get angie with some great bit of knowledge she talks about yeah. the fact that the church doors look like vaginas uh and whenever they took it from the christians took it from the pagans they kept the design so that's where like all every church door looks like a vagina basically yeah that's a great bit of knowledge and i i, I love that um the the back and forth between um angie and bba where she's like 
um, a BBA accuses her of blasphemy, and uh, and Andrew responds only if you don't think God created vaginas, which is <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a, a that's a that's a solid return to, <laughs> on that one, to be honest. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Um, all right, oh, there was also a little chat about um, like whenever they were, they were in the shop and they found fa- they found the mirror again, they were all having a chat and they all sort of were really coming around again. Like they all are sort of buying back into it now. Mm. There's not really much doubt at this point in the episode in terms of what they think is going to happen. French maybe is the only one with still yeah, French tiny bits. Skeptical, um, skeptical, yeah. And so they're saying like that. Poss- maybe maybe the OA willed the bullet into her. Uh, away, away from them, trying to protect them. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. Um, I don't know if that's ever going to be explained uh, because I, I, I kind of like the, uh, the more nebulous ideas that they're just mentioning without really explaining here. Like, mm. you know, maybe there's something which allowed her to, you know, guide the bullet into herself, um, uh, and you know, the, these kind of unseen forces that um, affect pretty seismic events like that and i i think it's really cool that that we're getting some time to kind of if if not explain then then at least kind of theorize on this stuff yeah yeah it is cool i do want to mention as well whenever sonia offered to come and stay with them because she'd be honored because she knows who they are and stuff that's shit-eating grin on steve's face like yeah did you notice it he was really proud of himself he you can take the well i mean you can tie him down I mean, to be honest, if I was Angie, I'd be, I'd be like giving him a slap for that, like because he, 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 it's not the only time that he kind of references uh, um, being, uh, being, let's say, infatuated with Sonia. Um, who, I'll, I'll be honest with Sonia's character. So my initial read of her was like, oh, she seems really nice, but then I'm like, I don't know, this girl like putting them up in a church and her dad's a youth pastor. Is she going to be nice or is this going to be a bad situation? Because <laughs> I don't know. It feels too easy a lot of this, but um, uh, yeah. And I feel like Steve's emotions may get him into trouble if it does turn out to be worse than it initially appears. Yeah. Okay. So so, so they get into the church. Jesse asks why she's being so nice, and she says they're pilgrims of faith, faith passing through. Yeah. I mean, it does fit them. And it like so, I really like that as an expression because I think it fits them. Um, it implies that they will be moving on, um, uh, which goes back to what I was saying before about throughout this episode, trying to be like, mm, I wonder where whether these guys are traveling or not. But I don't. It seems to me curious that this like quite young girl got this very like charitably broad definition of pilgrims, you know, like, and how she knows it about them. You know, that, like, so I mean, th- she's honoured to know them. The implication there being that she's aware of them through the the media coverage of the school shooting, which is you yeah. know totally understandable to be you know like oh you know wanna wanna look after people who've been through traumatic events. But just the way she says it is like, I feel like you know more about these guys than you're letting <laughs> on, to be honest. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens okay. with Sonia. All right, you're you're skeptical of everyone in this show now. <laughs> well, it, listen, after Elias really, shows up and gives the books, you're like, Jesus. Listen, yeah, yeah, that that Riz Ahmed betrayal, which hasn't come yet, but I, it's one hundred percent coming. <laughs> I can't, I, I trust no one anymore. If I can't, if you can't trust Riz Ahmed, who can you trust? Yeah, that's true. Actually, that is true. Um, okay, so they wait. They French do. leaves. French mm. leaves. He goes out onto his dating app. He uh, he he meets up with um, with with a guy. Who I don't know the actor's name, but he's in Scrubs. I know that for sure. Yeah, I um, knew I recognised him from something, and it bloody is Scrubs. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know his name either, but it, yeah, it's um, 
I feel I don't know if I've just missed it, um, but has, has it been implied at any point before in this series that French might not be straight? Uh, no, but there was a moment in the first season when Buck was saying that everyone was like sort of lost in their own way and had to like, <clears throat> sort of change in a way. So, um, and 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 French was like, well, but I'm well, not me. I'm normal, you know. Yeah, uh, normal in inverted commas. But yeah. uh, so he was. It was definitely implied that he was hiding something. Yeah. If you look, to look underneath the surface there so this is this is clearly what they were they were driving out there yeah i i think i i, I quite liked the way they did this though because i i think sometimes the the reveal of characters sexualities uh or like you know non non cis um sexuality is done almost like as this like really like seismic event and, and normally it's like a lot of the times in in media it's like portrayed as this is the first time they are having a non straight encounter whereas with this I didn't feel like that was necessarily the case I just felt like this is the first time we're seeing it with French so it was actually quite a sweet uh encounter really and it's 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 interesting to the audience because it reframes a lot of the tensions between him and Steve particularly, but also, you know, uh, other other characters, um, while also being... For, I mean, for what was a one-night stand from, you know, Tinder or whatever, it was actually, you know, quite a wholesome encounter, I thought. Yeah, no, no, it was. And, and the guy was really, really lovely and respectful. And I, I think it was his first um, meet-up on an app. Uh, um, it might have been the first one on an app, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't I, know if it was the first time he's ever, you know, sort of sought to fulfill his sexuality in that way but yeah but it was because later on he does talk about like he doesn't know what to do he doesn't know like he's not sure whether he's supposed to leave now or not um yeah so it, it's interesting like the idea that they sort of cut this with like french going out and like you know pursuing his desire they cut that with also jesse going on a drug run to get to get some yeah drugs. that was odd i thought i i i, I think i my interpretation is that it's it's both of them like seeking escapism from yeah. from what they're um experiencing with 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 uh, the rest of the group. Um I don't know though. It, yeah, it was weird. We like to to you you run the risk of I don't think it's necessarily their intention or I don't really want to second guess what their intentions were, but you run the risk of like equating them as like yeah. equally harmful, which is like one is like someone having a consensual sexual experience with someone who is very caring to them and the other one is someone buying drugs <laughs> which is a bit like, um, I'm not sure yeah. about that, to be honest, guys. So that's that's sort of why I wanted to raise it there, because it depends which way you look at it. Like, you know, it it is very easy to slip into what are they saying here, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, but I think, I think if we take it like Jesse's obviously having some issues, he's listening to the meditation tapes. He can't sleep. He says, mm. uh, it makes sense. He would go get the drugs. Just the fact of where they cut it in. It was, it was, it, it raised a couple of eyebrows for me. Yeah, um, absolutely. Okay. So he tells a story. French tells a story to this fella, um, about like a, the woman who disappeared when they were kids. She came back. She could see, uh, they don't know if she's an angel, a liar, or if she's schizophrenic. Mm. Uh, she died. And we almost died with her. Uh, so he's opening up to this random guy. Um, yeah, and, very, yeah. and that, who's who's very reciprocal to it as well. Like, um, although although we, where this goes, maybe maybe he's getting a getting a kickback from old uh, from old Aunt Lily on the recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he gets he gets like ten percent off next purchase with Aunt yeah. Lily. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, he they, they he got them to get to get the deluxe package. That's got to be worth something. From <laughs> oh my god, I need to talk about that. Like, <laughs> yeah, that entire scene is a fucking is brilliant. I love that scene. But we'll get we'll get there when we get there. Don't we're not gonna rush ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basically, uh, French concludes that he thinks he's ruining his future, and uh, <laughs> this guy's just like. You need to see my aunt Lily. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, and uh, as soon as it was said, I was like, "Oh, that's interesting. Let's see where this goes." Like, it feels a bit convenient for yeah, there to yeah, be yeah. like a plot critical character revealed through this random hookup. So I was kind of like, already, I'd lean forward, like, "Let's see how you handle this one, all right?" Like, because <laughs> yeah. like, if yeah. if this character turns out to be plot critical, you can bet I'm writing a critique of that in my notes. But as it turns out, Aunt Lily's all right. That was a great little a great little uh, scene that we'll get to. Yeah, like sometimes, like the little driving the the story forward moments. Sometimes it is a little bit like, you know, right. So you're telling me that if he didn't go with that guy on the app, yeah, that particular guy, that yeah. would be the end of the story. You know, I, that that stuff is a little bit hard to pass sometimes. Uh, but I think, as you say, Lot Lily was such a such a hoot when we got there that it was that it was all worth it in the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so French comes back in, looks in the mirror for a while, very intense, and then he, mm. it's sort of him deciding, I suppose, that. Um, Actually, he is going to see this through. He is going to sort of see what? see where it takes him. And he's like hearing stuff, I think, as well. There is that that kind of electrical mm. vibration going. Yeah, on. the little, the little um, buzz or whatever. I don't think it's necessarily as explicit. Although I did notice in the subtitles, um, it says like whispering as he's falling asleep. Yeah, okay. So I think he, even though I couldn't actually hear it, to be honest. So um, he's be- he's certainly like becoming less skeptical. And he- and even though um, f- following on from this, when he talks to Steve. Um, I think he he frames visiting Aunt Lily as it'll prove to Buck that he's wrong, and that will be the end of it. And then we can all go. Then we can all go about our lives. I think that's him lying to himself, to be honest, uh, about his yep. motivations for it. Yep. Okay. Uh, so Steve's <clears throat> drinking out of the church's bottle of milk. Uh, I can't believe. Could not believe. We've listen. <laughs> Long time listeners will know where I stand on juice drinking <laughs> from way back in the dark days. All right. Yeah. And. Steve can get fucked. Like going to someone else's house and drinking out of a carton like a goddamn ape. Like, like get a glass, Stephen. Whoa, what a legend. Uh so uh, he's got he's got big dick energy, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and not the good type. Not no. the good type. No, absolutely energy. not the good type. <laughs> so uh basically he tells French uh French tells uh Steve about Aunt Lily. Uh mm. And then he—it's almost like French wanted to tell Steve. He wanted to let it out what he'd done the night before. Yeah. So he he throws in a little with a little bit of a smile. He goes, "She comes highly recommended." Um, like yeah. I think he was sort of baiting Steve to ask about it. Yeah, he and definitely Steve's, was. Yeah, and Steve's like, you know, you've changed. What's going on? Did you get laid last night? Uh, and then it's like, oh yeah. Um, was it Sonia? And then Steve makes a horrendous. Uh, comment, which, which oh, to be honest with you, is rivaling the Francisca Doppler black hole from Dark. To be honest with you, yeah, this this he, is I couldn't believe it. He says uh, I couldn't. He couldn't believe he that French got with Sonia because he was having to like lie on his front to hide his boner to get to yeah. sleep or something. Your girlfriend's right there, Steve. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know, but I, I don't know what. Maybe they have an open relationship. I don't know, but either way, like, just keep it in your pants for like yeah. five minutes, Steve. But um. And, and 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 this scene is actually like, I still, I still don't love Steve as a character. Not not like um from a kind of writing critique perspective. Just I don't necessarily enjoy all the time that he's on screen, which I think is intentional. Um, 
But I think there is a really interesting duality to him in that in some scenes he can say something absolutely awful and then say something that's really sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that kind of captures the essence of his character quite well. And, and we get it here, you know, when when French reveals that it wasn't a girl that he slept with, um, you know, you get that beat where it's like, oh God, what's Steve going to say that's offensive here? Because, <laughs> you know, we, gay, yeah, yeah, people are gay, Steven. We know that he's, you know, he, he, <laughs> he, he, he doesn't, like, he, he's kind of like, one of those very toxic homophobes who doesn't think they're homophobic just because they occasionally say like no homo or something like that um so you know he's got he, he's got like some problematic tendencies let's say but to his credit you know he diffuses it by you know immediately making a joke out of it and being like oh you're you're really into me and just and uh, although that's not always the best thing to say i think in this situation it alleviated the tension quite well yeah, 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 it did. Um, you know, very self-centered of Steve. It, it fit the character, let's say that. It fit the character for him. That, that's where his mind went. Yeah. Um, so, 500 miles to Aunt Lily's. Uh, yep. And we get, um, d- before they set off, I just want to mention this because I feel like we're duty-bound to. Uh, we get Buck playing uh, the organ, yeah. playing the yeah, BBA yeah. and the organ, and I was expecting him to bust out some Takata and Fugue in D minor, if I'm honest, because every time you're playing uh, playing an organ, I feel like you're you're you're... you're bound by the laws of music to give it the old be-la-la, be-la-la, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> my, actually to be honest with you overtaken in my mind is uh the the unbelievable organ score of uh interstellar i don't know if i actually remember much Come of on, score, uh yeah no it's uh it's it's unbelievable and like there's a video there's a behind the scenes clip in the interstellar dvd where like they go to the church in london where this huge organ is and they they like hans zimmer wrote unplayable music and they gave it to the organ player at this church and he just played it all <laughs> that's great <laughs> that's it's good old hans zimmer um yes well i mean they could have done that as well but you have to shout come on tars while you're yeah. doing it to let everyone know what they're listening to as well unfortunately come on tars um <laughs> okay so uh playing the organ yep they're in the car uh they've None of them have really uh, contacted their parents yet. So <coughs> no. Buck, Buck's uh, mum is calling uh, and Buck hangs up. And then Jesse, Jesse just goes, cool to have a mum, yeah? Yeah, yeah. it's like, <laughs> oh, Jesus, Jesse, you are really down at the moment, aren't you? Like, I don't think he even meant it in a mean way. But he's just like, you know, he's just sad that he doesn't have a mum to yeah. to hang up on. Yeah, he's not he's not doing well, this Jesse no. boy, that's for sure. Um, so Steve talks about Steve McQueen. Um, and yep. he's saying he's a real man. It's very interesting to me that the next conversation he has with French after French comes out as gay to him, that the next question he has is talking about how manly men were better back in the sixties. Yeah, it's. It, I wonder if this kind of it's an odd conversation. I wonder if we're coming in um, to the middle of a conversation about you know which men are hottest or something like that. Like he's he's yeah. overcompensating and trying to be like, oh, Steve McQueen was really sexy or something. But like, you don't need to give special treatment right to you being weird now just like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah. talk to french normally um but uh, that that i think that was probably my read of this but it's um yeah it, it's it's an odd way to try and broach the subject let's say yeah i can fully see that though like they were talking he was basically steve probably said to him right okay so what who what's your type which actors, <laughs> which yeah. actors do you like that's what, yeah i can see it i can see it yeah. um all right so they hit an animal yeah, um, I didn't see what it was. It's like a possum or something, I think. Yeah, it looked like a possum of some sort or something like that. Um, the mirror is broken. Um, mm. uh, and it was interesting. Jesse brings a massive rock over and just puts it out of its misery. Yeah, um, just 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 like a 
crazy psychopath. Well, it's not. I, I suppose it's not because it's like it's an act yeah, of yeah. kindness at that point. But the way it's shot um, with, I think, is it BBA that's looking on or is it Buck? I'm not sure. But they're all it's some, the like, but someone is looking on as he does it, um, and seems to be kind of have have a fairly concerned expression on their face uh, mm-hmm. while he does so. But um, yeah, he he's very distant at this point. I think he seems to be struggling a lot with whatever he's got going on uh, that's preventing him from sleeping. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, uh, before we get to Aunt Lily's house, one thing is that goes back to Buck's house, and Buck's mom has got the police there and you know, given a picture of Buck saying that he's missing. It's really interesting that now, like, just through... They only showed the picture of Buck. They didn't show the other parents doing that. So yeah. I take that to be they were trying to point out the par- the parallel nature of uh, Buck and Michelle being missing in different universes. Yeah, I think I think that's true as well. And I wonder, actually, if that's why they chose to have Buck's mum reporting him missing as Michelle to the police. Because I, from a from a pure, like, logic perspective, I was a bit like, if 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 Buck's mum wanted him to be found, yeah, she wouldn't be reporting him missing as Michelle because he's not going to respond to that. It's just a weird. It felt like a weird thing for for his mum to do. Um, but uh, but but I think I, yeah, it makes sense from a character point of view. Like the mum seems to, does seem to be doubting things at the minute, and not really yeah. being able to fully commit to calling Buck Buck. And in my mind, it's like maybe the mum thinks that you know I can't tell this police officer that I have a transgender. Well, son, you know. Yeah, that's true. I, and, and I guess I don't. I don't know enough about it to 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 comment fully. But maybe there's something to do with like legal names as well. Like until mm. you've like legally transitioned, when you're reporting it to the police, they need to look you up based on your actual legal details or something. It, maybe it's something like that. Yeah, maybe. Uh, okay, so um, Aunt Lily's house. <laughs> yep. Here we are. So first things first, they mentioned that uh, they've never met Rachel before, but she made contact. And Aunt Lily's like, a stranger made contact? Very odd. So yeah. straight away, Aunt Lily's saying things which make you believe she's genuine, right? She's giving it the hard sell. She's giving it the hard sell. Like uh, they, they get out the, the broken bits of mirror and she's immediately yeah. like, how could you bring that into my house? Like she's, yeah. the act is on at this point. It's great. She's covering up all the mirrors. She's like covering yeah. everything. It's like um, when you go into like an like a, a an escape room or something, and like as soon as you step in, the amateur theatric, uh, like the, the the drama students who work there, are like immediately in character. Like, like yeah. there's a whole you're paying for the whole experience. Like you know you're yeah, getting yeah. yeah. As soon as you walk in the door, the experience has begun. Yeah, I'm gonna have to charge you for the deluxe package. I, uh, I loved. I, I so I mean, I suppose I I I I don't think your read of this scene will ever be that she was genuine or that what happened had anything to do with what she was doing yeah. um but i love the little nods to the fact that she's a complete con man and charlatan when uh, <laughs> as they're covering the mirrors on the background on the massive tv is like a home shopping network which to me is just great cultural shorthand for oh yeah this person is just a, a crook who's just gonna sell them <laughs> some bullshit um and and as it turns out i think it's, that I think that turns out to be the case. To be honest, I don't think there's any disputing that. I mean, let, let's be honest. The, the one who's surprised the most about what happens in this house is Aunt Lily. Like, <laughs> yeah. let, let, let's be honest. Um, yeah, no, she don't, like. I mean, she. I don't know what the plan was with the water of the casserole dish when we get to the séance, but <laughs> well, they immediately the abandon that. Yeah, there was water in a castle disc with a bit of photograph paper in there, and the idea would be that you turn the lights off, put the, the red light on, or whatever, and it would like develop a photo of what Rachel, like, you know, Rachel would speak to them on the photo somehow. 
yeah. very strange. Like she was like, this could take hours. Like you know, oh, is that actually gonna... what they were trying to do? They were trying to develop yeah. a photograph. Oh, that explains the red light then. I thought I was yeah. just I, I thought it was it the water was gonna move or something like that. Um, that makes more sense. I think it was just a, a bit of photograph paper that was like you know hadn't been exposed to the light yet. That's why she had the tea towel over the over the casserole dish anyway it was all it was all a show obviously she's just waiting for like four <laughs> yeah. or five hours until they give up and leave and then she's like geez there's another one didn't question me um yeah. so okay so buck turns around walks into the uh, living room the tv's on starts flushing through we've seen this in many tv shows before where it's flushing you know yeah um my favorite is in Shaun of the dead when he's changing the channel yeah <laughs> and, uh, and it's really... giving you exposition through the channel hopping which is very clever um yeah. and we, we essentially get the same thing here to be honest i mean this is this is almost like um like bumblebee in the bumblebee movie you can only talk through song lyrics like we're essentially oh really it. i haven't seen that yeah it's, it's a very Zena good movie one. actually yeah it's a it's a it's, a, it's the, the best of the Transformers movies, I will say, uh, or the new ones at least. Um, but uh, yeah, and this is very much the same thing. Like uh, Rachel speaking to them through through clips from the Descent and uh, and something Blues else. Clues. Blues Clues, that's right. And we um, uh, is it Wheel of Fortune, the one yeah, with like, the oh Fortune, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the new Blues Clues guy too, as well. It's not it's not the other one. I think the I think the original Blues Clues guy uh, guy passed away. I believe. Um, oh, this, is the, this is this is the new guy. Uh, so uh, eventually, it comes out and says, "Only safe for BBA to go." Mm. Um, and then at the very end of of it, it shows a stained glass window mm-hmm. that BBA goes and touches, and then the screen cracks. That's the end of the episode. Yes, and that's all think? fine. That's all yeah. normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all normal. Um, okay, so. I have no idea why it's only safe for BBA to go. I can't even really begin to theorize as to what the reasoning for that is. Um, maybe my my very kind of like tentative idea is that maybe it's something to do with um, we we've talked before about how characters uh, have to be kind of in a similar situation to their alt selves in order to travel. You know, like with the group in the circle turning up in the circle at the um, at the ward, and um, and and uh, Prairie being laying down in a in a ambulance um, when she travelled. Maybe it's something like that. I'm I'm really really not sure. Um, but so that's interesting. Obviously, on its own merits, the the flower window we discussed last week. But just to reiterate, I'm fairly certain that's at the top of the uh, that's at the top of the greenhouse on 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 Knob Hill. Uh, no 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 jokes, please. Um, but <laughs> that we were growing up uh, on this podcast. Um, so Knob Hill and vagina doors. Yeah, classic. They're getting it. The the the, the blue humour is there. You only need to scratch the surface to find it. Um, <laughs> But so, uh, yeah, I, I, her touching that screen. So first things first, I guess, when she touches the screen, to me, she only seems to like kind of very gently press it and it, sh- and it shatters. So either that's like the most brittle television in the history of the universe, or that's the beginning of a, a, a jump for BBA, which I think is, is much more likely. I don't think that TV would break like that with how, with how gently she appeared to press it. Um, so, I guess, I, so I think she's turning up in the house. I think that's where she's going to turn up uh, when, when she does jump. I think the the implication that it's only safe for BBA to go 
I think if to me the the other thing I started theorizing about was that maybe the others have encountered an even worse fate in their world. Maybe they're they're dead. Maybe uh, they're live. Maybe it's it's not safe for them to swap with those people because they maybe they don't know what 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 is going on with them or they are in a dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another possibility as well. But it's it's a great ending. This entire scene is is fantastic. To be honest, um, I love the I love the kind of underlying humor of Aunt Lily setting up this bullshit seance and then it actually turning into like a, a kind of extra dimensional experience and her just being sat there like, what the fuck? I have no idea what's going on here. Like it might actually turn her into a believer in these th- <laughs> these yeah. things. I'll charge you more said. next time. She's yeah, got, like, I need the to fi- extra deluxe package. Yeah, I need to figure out how they did that thing with the TV and the woman going through it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's great. Uh, it, it it was a such a strong ending to the episode, and I can't wait to see BBA showing up in the house and being a motherly figure to all of the Q kids, which I, I really hope happens. Yeah, okay, that 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 would be uh, that would be lovely, absolutely lovely. Right, you want to get into the roundup? Yeah, let's do it. IMDb rating this week was eight point five. So that's so a little a little lower, a little lower than than uh, than the last couple. Yeah, I think I'd probably put this about eight personally. Like, it's still a good episode, um, but a lot slower than the first two. I, I think it needed to be. I, I think I don't think you could keep up the pace of exposition of those first uh, two episodes for an entire season because it would just get exhausting. Um, but actually, I don't know. Actually, I'm gonna say 8.5 as well because the the atmosphere, like what I think, what this episode had that a lot of the episodes in the first season didn't have, even though the mm-hmm. kind of characters and setting are the same, is the atmosphere and um, the kind of dynamic plotting. So the characters yeah. moved quite a long distance. We saw lots of different stuff going on with them, and it had that brilliant tension in the atmosphere that wasn't really there at all. Uh, last season so i think i think 8.5 actually is is a is a fair score okay awesome uh right was there any new theories coming out of this episode um i think we've pretty much hit them all but just to just just to reiterate so we've got um ilias is tailing french and possibly the others uh the boys and bba are going to travel this season um and aunt Le- so i guess i didn't really mention that but i think bba it has already happened too i think the others will travel at some point um and also just aunt lily is a total charlatan which was kind of kind of resolved by the end of this episode <laughs> basically as soon as as soon as we heard mention of this this uh this random hookups um psychic aunt i was like well that's definitely going to be a complete farce or else i'm going to be cross that they've introduced a plot critical character through a through a meaningless sexual encounter <laughs> Wow, well, it all worked out in the end. It did, Okay, no yeah. problem. Well, then, do you want to get into some questions, then? Yeah, let's do some questions. A stranger from the outside. Question from Wesley, first of all. Remember, guys, if you want to ask a question to Conrad, put a comment underneath this video on YouTube or send us an email at adpodmail at gmail.com. Wesley asks, does Conrad think there are multiple ways to travel or just a few? So I suppose what Wesley's getting at here is uh, that there's... The movements and the house uh, so far, do you think that the house is an anomaly and just the movements is mainly how people travel? Or do you think there's actually a multi- multitude of different ways you can do it? No, I think I think having a house that to me is like a structure implied to be very old um, suggests to me that there are lots of ways to travel. Like, So you have this kind of like network of, 
I don't know, like bus stops or subway stations, it, it like which are like the, the the houses between worlds. But I think the movements are ambiguous enough that it 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 opens up all kinds of possibilities for ways to travel. So I think you know if you're in the right place at the right time, you could potentially travel as well. Okay, awesome. Uh, Wesley asks a follow-up question. Says, following from the previous question, does Conrad think we will uh, meet anyone else who travels and retains their sanity? Uh, or they're uh, or the only sp- special people um, who can travel successfully. So, do you think we're going to meet anyone else who's able to travel, or is it ju- just going to be our characters that we already know? I-, I think, I think they've got to introduce someone who's like an experienced traveler. I think that's the one thing the show is missing at the moment is some mysterious character who turns up and it's like, oh, yeah, I've been traveling for. 500 years or whatever um i don't think it needs that but i think if i was gonna pick an obvious um kind of character it's not a it's not like a stereotype but like a character archetype to fill like the experience but like kind of mysterious um mysteriously aligned knowledge giver is is an is an obvious archetype to be filled and and I, i could totally see them doing that i'd love to meet someone who's just like who maybe made sense of things, but only on their own terms. So they kind of dole out information, but only in little bits. Okay. Uh, very, very interesting. Um, okay, so question from Pamela. Uh, does Conrad think that Cre- the Crestwood Five will have, uh, ever be able to reach the OA? Uh, if so, how will they get to her? I... I want... Yeah, that's a good question. The, the, so I think I think they will... I I don't think it will be a long meeting. I think maybe they'll they'll get to the OA just as she's moving on somewhere else because it seems like the OA's kind of existence is fairly transient. It's you know going between these different groups of people who need her and kind of saving them indirectly through her force of will, I guess. Um so I I think they will I don't know how, though, at the moment. I, I mean, I, I think BBA <clears throat> is travelling through that television. But as for the others, I guess they there's five of them. They could do the movements. Uh, or actually, no, are there five now? We've got French, Jesse, Buck, Steve. Angie. Yeah, there are five. Yeah, and Angie. Yeah. So there's five of them. So they could try and do the movements, I guess. Um, but maybe it'll be something else. Maybe they'll go on a road trip to San Francisco and get to the house. Although that's a long road trip from Indiana. <laughs> yeah, that's quite long. Uh, okay, awesome. Uh, another one from Pamela says, "What is what does Connor think of the fact that we haven't seen Pierre Ruskin's face?" Ah, uh, he's it, it, like, I mean, he's he's just this kind of unseen puppet master, and that's you know that supports that that theme of his character. Um, though I think, as, as I've said before, I whenever anyone is kind of presented as this like puppet master character. I often like it when they are revealed eventually and it's like, actually, they weren't the one pulling all the strings to continue mm-hmm. the metaphor, which I hope is what happens with Pierre Ruskin. I hope we we get the reveal and it turns out he's just a guy who was lucky enough to stumble onto something that anyone could have stumbled onto and made himself incredibly powerful by doing so, because I think that, that would be a really interesting uh, bit of characterization. Yep, awesome. Okay, we've got two more questions. First one comes from Venla. So Venla says, uh, did you guys get the creepy vibes from the guy French met up with and th- but then totally love him by the end of their interaction? Because um, that's, that's what happened with Venla. Well, the beard guy. Yeah. I didn't think he was creepy. He seemed very nice to me. I don't think he was creepy. No, no, no. But 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 at the start, did you get creepy vibes? I think, I think to be honest with you, Venla... <laughs> 
I don't think it was a hookup to begin with, to be honest. Like, I, I would, like, my 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 sort of pure mind was like, he got in the car and I was like, oh, okay, like, French is called an Uber or something, that's fine. And then and then they got out of the car and, and, and they started walking into the flat and I was like, uh, what's going on here, guys? And then, uh, and, then and then they started kissing and I was like, oh, okay, fine, that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, so for me, um, I think that there's an, I don't know why I'm holding a little fork here. Um, Just for to emphasise the point. Yeah, like, you know. For me, there's a, there's an innate creepiness to going out in the middle of the night and getting someone for a hookup. I think there's an innate creepiness. I think the situation... It's, it's a not threatening that, situation, isn't it? Like, you're th- vulnerable. Thre- yeah, it's not creepiness, I suppose. A threatening aspect to it. You know, I'm not I'm not judging anyone who would do that. That's absolutely fine. Do what you want. But uh, but but I know what Avedla means is that there's a, there's an innate thing in the situation which is a bit threatening. And yeah. I think that it's not actually on the character there. I think the character never did anything to make us think that it was threatening. But just the situation itself. Oh, absolutely. Uh, like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think there's an inherent vulnerability to that to, for both parties in that situation, mm-hmm. which can make it threatening. And uh, you know, particularly when you're not at home, um, you know, you're in a different city. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't think the character. I think the character. Maybe that's why the I found the whole interaction so sweet was because they almost overcorrected with the character. It was like, no, we're going to make this like a really wholesome interaction. Which I'm to be honest, I'm glad they did because it's kind of talking about the cutting between Jesse buying drugs and uh, French's hookup and potential unintended uh, connotations of that i i think there's also a really unhelpful trope of um like kind of really extreme uh partic- particularly like gay relationships where it's like oh it's you know it's, it's really you know they take take drugs and you know it's all very like hedonistic oh sorry i just locked my my cat is climbing onto my lap again so we're knocking the camera around uh <laughs> thanks Cindy. um i'm gonna put him over here down you go, sir. Uh, like, um, which I appreciated that they didn't do. I appreciated that they went for a very wholesome relationship. But I think at first they were trying to establish it as, you know, threatening to just maintain that sense of tension, I think, more than anything else. Yeah. Okay, last question from Marvin. And it says, Considering how weird and different season two already is, how much insane shit would have been happening uh, a bit a part of the show by season five? Well, we Can't wait that. for Conrad's wild and unreasonable theories. So, someone was having sex with a Martian at some point in this show. <laughs> in this show, <laughs> if we got all the way to season five, I'm convinced of that. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 sad. It really is. I'm already feeling it now. To be honest, this um, the 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 weight of the unexplored potential that this show has um because you know i I feel like season two is just hitting its stride it's really really found something and knowing that there's uh five episodes left before it ends there's no way it's going to resolve most of the stuff it's set up or or at least not satisfyingly Mm -hmm. so yeah it's a shame that it's you know everyone would rather watch that ashton kutcher canned laughter comedy that's on netflix i guess <laughs> the range or whatever it's called yeah the thing, the the sound, thing, the thing about it which is so sad for me is obviously we're not got there yet but the thing that's so sad for me about it is they ended season one in a way that could have been a standalone season it could have been a mini series the way they ended it and then they got uh, they got they did get the season two and then they were like well we got season two so we're gonna they're gonna let us go to five like they're gonna let us do our thing because they've, they've they've green lit us now and then so they set up all this stuff extra in a way that's going to really make this story go really far and be really crazy. 
and then it gets cancelled. So I really yeah. feel sorry for these for these creators. I, I, I don't understand. Like, did it not do well? Like, did, were people not watching it or something? It mustn't. It mustn't have. I think that, that, that it came out like a lot of stuff was getting cancelled at the time, and yeah. I think there was there was actually like. I don't know if it was as far as a report from Netflix, but I know that Netflix itself has commented in the past or whether people who used to work there have commented in the past that their strategy for like, obviously like stuff like Dark, which is German is different because they're trying to like, you know, keep enough German content coming for people. But stuff like that's American made is much more likely to get canceled because it's proven that a new title coming to Netflix will get more subscribers through the door than a, uh, a, a show coming back for another season. Yeah, that's a that's a shame to be honest. Like, it's just I I mean, I get it. Like, you know, you got to make money. I understand that, but I can't believe this show was doing such poor numbers that, and you know, it's not like the production values are that high either. Like, there aren't any crazy special effects, so it's I don't know. It seems like a a, a severe misstep, and I we can only be left to to answer Marvin's question. In well, or to 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 kind of at least pay lip service to Marvin's question, we can only really kind of guess at what it would have turned into. But other worlds, you know, other realities, they could have gone really crazy with it. You know, they they've shown us an alternate world where some little things are different. But if if the multiverse theory is to be believed, then you know, there's every every possible range of uh, of outcomes in terms of you know every decision ever made is out there as a separate universe so yeah it could have went into literally like his dark materials where you have like bears talking to you and like you know could yeah. have been could have been mental absolutely been mental. yeah uh all right well there we are conrad thanks very much uh for joining me this week i say that as if you're a guest you're not you're part of the show uh i just have to segue somehow this is okay. where we are um so <laughs> thanks very much uh guys for listening this week uh subscribe to the channel subscribe to on audio apps if you haven't already t-shirt link in the description discord link in the description all that great stuff um if you want to have a chat with us in discord it'll be great um so yeah thanks very much for joining us uh make sure you tune into dark discussions later on tonight and we will have conrad and i there live uh discussing something to do with dark we don't know yet but you know we will be uh actually this comes out on monday morning so if you want to put a topic in, if we haven't got one by Monday, put, <laughs> put, put a topic in the comments. What, we yeah, might... maybe we'll come in hot with a topic straight yeah, from we, the we, comments. Yeah, that we haven't actually looked, thought about at all, and you'll see how how off the top of this he- our heads this really is. All yeah. right, th- thanks very much, guys, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. The After Dark Podcast has been a Culture Cave production. Please subscribe on audio apps as well as on YouTube at The Culture Team. Join us next week as Conrad journeys further into the unknown.